Hey guys, it's Eva and I'm here with another episode of Currently Binging, the podcast about all things TV and movies. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to my voice on. Also, take a few extra seconds, rate, comment. It is greatly appreciated. So yeah, this is actually take two. I'm going to be super transparent with you guys because I'm having that weird thing. This has not happened in a while where it's like my jaw is cracking and I can't control it. And it just won't stop. So if you hear a little like pop, 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 that's what that is. Maybe TMI, but sorry. Because <laughs> I know like little noises can be irritating, especially when you're listening with your um, headphones on. So, <laughs> so yeah, so we are discussing um, tiny, pretty things. Make sure I set that correctly because I keep wanting to say tiny little things or little pretty things because I'm thinking of Pretty Little Liars, but lo and behold, this is based on the book of the same name, which in their synopsis, they reference Pretty Little Liars, but in the ballet world. So when I saw the trailer for this, I kind of talked about this briefly in the episode before this one, which was a roundup. And I saw a trailer for this. I was like, oh my gosh, this looks like everything Eva would watch at the time I thought they were young adults, so young adults, murder, mystery needs to be solved. Oh, also throw in some ballet. I mean, all the route well-rounded things that you think I would need. But the thing that jumped off immediately to me in seeing the trailer was that the acting was going to be not that great. And I'm I'm trying to be sensitive to people's feelings, but... I could tell from the trailer the acting wasn't going to be great. And sometimes you'll see it and you'll be like, oh, the acting doesn't, oh, it looks like the acting might not be great or like it wasn't the best. But usually, especially for a show, they'll kind of pick up and they'll get a little better. The entire thing was just like not the same. So when we start talking about the second season, a possible second season, like that's one thing that we need to consider and take into account. But I think the main reason, and I'm just going to put this as my main reason, I believe the acting, like why I was like, okay, the acting's not that great, but why I continue to watch, even though I knew that is because the main cast, they're all dancers. This is like their first major in quotes. I mean, however big a Netflix show can get, I, it really depends on the audience and how much when they put behind something but this is like their first major kind of acting thing or their first acting thing at all so I was not coming in expecting Oscar level worthy performances and even I think we've gotten to the point where Netflix uses has usually uses a fresh pool depending on who is behind the show because if it's like a Ryan Murphy um or a Shonda Rhimes, then that might not necessarily be the case. They might use some new faces, but it's a lot of familiar faces that you've seen in a lot of their other projects. But a lot of times for shows like these, they're usually a bunch of kids who are pretty fresh faced. I'm thinking about Outer Banks. I'm even thinking about like Stranger Things, like all those teeny things on Netflix. That's usually the case. And so, um, I was like, okay, we're not going to fault you on that. We're just going to go in. And I mean, even going into the adults, I was like, no one, I don't think I know anyone. I think the only one who I was like, okay, she, I've seen her in something. 
and I cannot remember what it is. So of course I had to go on IMDb and lo and behold, I was like, I knew I knew her from something. So I'm talking about Monique Dubois or Madame or whatever. I mean, we're not going to call her that. We're going to call her Monique. <laughs> um, played by Lauren Holly. And she was the, um, what are they called? Oh my gosh. The people who look at your body and like touch your body after you die. OMG, I can't think of it. And I watch all these shows, but she was that person in the show Motive. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is completely different. I mean, she's been in a lot of other things, but that was like the most recent thing I could think of. And it's completely different type of a role for her if you were to compare it to that Motive role. So I was excited about that. And then <laughs> I was like, okay, everyone else don't really know. Some of the kids, I was like... And I've talked about this before where they, I'm like, I feel like I've seen them as some before, but I usually have not. They just look like someone else. But there are a couple of kids who were in some things that I've seen before, but they had really minor roles. But for me, if you're in like a really minor, just standing in the background type of a role, I usually am not going to remember you at all. Like you have to talk and do something significant. So for the most part, it was a bunch of um, fresh faces. Our main, main cast, we had Brennan Close playing Shane, Orin played by Barton Copper, Copperthwaite, Caleb played by Damon J. Glepsy, which I was like, I feel like I've seen him in something. And he was in a couple, this, this is one of the ones I was like, was in things, but I'm just like, I don't know if I would remember that. Also, in watching this, I was like, is he really that? Because he had a heavy, heavy Southern accent. And at times I was like, is he trying not to let it show? Or is he trying to like have that accent? But I was like, okay, I got to Google this. And he's from Tennessee. So I was like, that makes sense. Because like his accent is <laughs> heavy. So that made sense for him. Um, We had... Bet played by Casimir Jolet. And we had Cassie played by Anna Mache. And June was played by Daniela Norman. And Navea was played by Kylie Jefferson. So again, lots of fresh faces. Oh, Nabil played by Michael Rosen. Am I missing anyone else? No. Esme. The girl played Esme, I was like, she looks familiar. And that's because I haven't seen her in, in anything, but she looks like the girl in industry. Um, the one that was like a VP and ended up helping to get, I don't want to give it away in case you didn't watch industry, but you guys know what I'm who I'm talking about. She looked like her to me. And I was just like, that's, and that's the prime example of how I'd be thinking I'm, I've seen them in things before, but they just look like somebody else. So <laughs> tiny, pretty things. So I was like, I was excited to watch this. And because going into this, I knew the acting was not going to be like that great. I was like, there is a chance, a very big chance that we may not make it through the entire season and we might tap out. That's highly possible. So you guys know, I was like wrapping up other, um, episodes that I recorded and when I binge something 
because you know we're all in this work from home mentality. I've been trying to have boundaries and set guidelines. And so one of the main boundaries or guidelines that I set was that I just cannot start a binge a bingeable show during the week. I have to say them for the weekend, hence why when I originally saw Tiny Pretty Things, I was like, oh, we'll come back to it because I was watching other things a week ago. But then I was like, okay, now I've watched Tiny Pretty Things and I was like, I still need to put out my episode on The Flight Attendant, which is also, you guys are getting, I mean, it's Christmas week. Hello, happy holidays. So you guys are getting like double the gifts because you're going to get two episodes this week. <laughs> but I literally saw The Wild, which is on Prime. I've been putting it off, putting it off, putting it off because that too also looks like it's a show I want to watch, but then I'll look at some of the stills of it and I'm just like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like it, but I finally committed to watching it, but I just need to get tiny pretty things out of my head before I could even think about watching The Wild because I don't want to confuse and mix up the shows. But yeah, so also I have to put this warning in here. I feel like this is going to become a thing. This is not going to be a super sophisticated like review of the show. All my opinions were going to most likely jump all over the place because that is just what I um, do. This is based on a book. I didn't read the book. So you can feel comfort in knowing that there will not be any spoilers as far as the book is concerned. Because I know that people feel some type of way about that. But again, this is a show full of spoilers and I spoil everything that's literally in a description of the show. So putting that out there, just buckle up. We're going to hop all over the place, but I did take notes. So for those who listen for a while, like give me a little hand clap, hand snap in your little area, because I took notes on every single episode. It's been a minute since I've done this. Cause you guys know, I've talked about this a lot during these COVID times. A lot of the things that I've done have just not been how I would usually do things. And it's been really hard to um, take notes. And I usually always take notes on binge shows, but I just had been, and I was doing like one-off things, but I know I took legit notes on this. Cause I was like, we have to remember all these things because it's just too much going on. So <laughs> tiny, pretty things. I don't know what I thought I was about to watch. I thought I was going to watch this like murder mystery at some type of ballet dance college. I, I for real thought this show, these kids were in college. I don't know why I did not get vibes that they were in, in of high school age. I did not get um, like 16, 17 year vibes, which is fine. Cause I watch a lot of those things. Like I watch a Riverdale, I watch Pretty Little Liars. That's fine. But when we start pulling back <laughs> the layers on this show, you're like, wait a minute, because immediately when Nevaeh, first of all, Nevaeh is invited, we start off, <laughs> back it up a little bit. So Cassie gets pushed off the top of the building. I thought she was dead. I was surprised she was not dead because I was like, you fell multiple floors to the bottom or to the streets and you're still alive and breathing. Even when they showed her falling and hitting the ground, I was like, where's the blood? That seemed that seemed too pretty of a fall for you have to have fallen from the roof of a building. But anyway, she somehow survived and was in a coma. <laughs> Shook. So 
Nevaeh ends up because, you know, God changed the narrative, which is Monique's whole thing. And they invite Nevaeh to kind of be like, we're trying to help the less fortunate and all this other stuff. So you are like, okay, this is what we're going to do straight off the gate. We're going to start off in this way. So, of course, Nevaeh, she's not the only black student because technically um, Caleb is also black, but she's not only black, but she's also coming from different circumstances as far, as far as like financially upbringing, all these things. So already you're like, okay, this is the story we're going to carve out here. But as she's going through um, the little tour of where she's going to be, um, staying and like already from Monique, you already get not gonna like her, super unlikable character, only cares about like herself, her perception, um, the perception of herself and the perception of her in relation to the school type of feeling. So when she is being um, or going through the tour, and I'm trying to remember what her name was but for now we're going to call her the like house mom <laughs> as she takes or as she's giving her a tour she's like yeah and this is where 16 and 17 year olds are and this is where you're gonna be staying I was like immediately warnings went off in my head and I was like 16 17 year olds I was like okay whatever because mind you I had talked to <laughs> someone previously and or like my sister and her girlfriend and they were like he has a lot of sex every single episode and like they're either having sex or there's music and all that stuff. And I was like, okay, I mean, I didn't think anything of it. Cause again, I'm going into this thinking they're in college, but they're like 16 and 17 year olds. I was like, okay. I mean, again, I watch Riverdale, Pretty Little Liars. And I'm just like, they allude to sex. And I mean, they'll even like show them like, getting ready but i mean they're still fully clothed i mean they might take a shirt off but the bras are still on it's still pretty much pg-13 as soon as we got into the sex scenes of this show i was like oh my gosh i felt so uncomfortable because it's like these are supposed to be 16 to 17 year olds and i mean i am not naive i went to high school i mean i i say this all the time I think about when I was in high school and it, I feel like it wasn't as extreme as the way high school is for these kids on TV, but again, it's TV. But <laughs> in what world are we just showing like softcore porn of 16 and 17 year olds having sex every, literally every single episode, extreme <laughs> sexual scenes and just like all up in there. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so uncomfortable. I don't know how it feels about this and it got to the point where I literally had to google it and was like I know people have to be up in arms about everything that's going on here I mean we get up we got up in arms about 13 reasons why and I have my opinions about that you can go listen to 13 reasons why if you want to hear but we got up in arms about that I feel like we need to be equally or more up in arms about what's going on with type pretty things and could and I don't want to say could else but Netflix has essentially learned their lesson because they buried this from <laughs> the freaking previews because you would not have known the level of like closeness we were going to get to these kits. And even some of the articles 
even I felt like if you guys want to get mad at the teacher, which is like has similar themes, even though we're not talking about, well, yeah, similar themes in a way, if you think about it, and people want to be up in arms about that show, but I'm not really seeing a lot of up in arms about tiny pretty things. There's a disconnect here. And I think that that to me just means that we as a people need to reevaluate what we deem as problematic because we're always yelling and waving the flag when things that are may not necessarily be, oh, let me say this. We get up in arms, we wave the flag for things when a lot of those things are valid. It, but then it comes to the point where we're always getting up arms and, and raising the flag to the point where it's just like, okay, guys, like, what are we doing? This makes no sense. But then we get to a case where it's actually like, okay, maybe we should be up in arms and, and waving the flag. And no one's, <laughs> I don't even see one person lined up at the door ready to go into war over this because it was just too much. It was too much. Had they been in college, I've been like, whatever, like heavy sex scenes, fine, whatever, because the perception is that they're in college. But the perception that this is not a perception, like these kids are supposed to be 16 and 17 years old. And we're having these really, really extreme, intimate moments with them. You guys see where the struggle is there? So yeah. And I literally wrote, this was only in the first episode, but I literally wrote, feel some type of way about seeing, in all caps, naked teenagers having sex. Like, but, but naked. Like, at any moment, I know they have the little, um, what are they called? Privacy or, uh, what are they called? They have a little actual name for the modesty. I think they're like modesty um, covers or whatever. So I'm like, I know they have those ones, but even still watching it, I was scared that at any moment I was going to see one of these kids, like private areas that I didn't want to see. I saw, I mean, it was just a lot. And I know I cannot be, like, I saw some things in some articles and the articles I was seeing them from just were like super, um, like edge on the fringe type of publications. And they weren't really in the main, more of the mainstream publications because the mainstream publications are like, we talked to so-and-so about his super intimate moment with such and such in this scene. And, or like Tiny Pretty Things has some of the, has the most insane sex scenes of 2020 or going out with a bang. And I'm like, these are supposed to be 16 to 17 year olds. What are we talking about people? Like, where is the uproar? So. I don't understand. If you feel differently, let me know. But I just literally really felt some type of way about that. So now that I've gotten that out of the way. So there were 10 episodes. I binged this all. Literally, I watched eight episodes in one day. And then I had to force myself to go to sleep. I wasn't tired by that time. It was like 2 a.m. And I was just like, oh, we need to go to sleep because I had to get up the next day. So I went to sleep and I watched the next two episodes the next day because it finally, like, it was like main, like regular drama things you would expect, predictable, whatever. And then of course, it, as is the case with a lot of these shows, it starts to pick up towards the end where you're kind of like, okay, what happens next? But there were 10 episodes. I felt like there was a lot of things that could have been cut. I don't think this, I don't think we needed 10 episodes. Or if we had to have 10 episodes, this is a case where I'm kind of going back to the Hardy Boys where I was talking about, oh my gosh, there's 10 episodes, I don't know how I feel about this, but because they were, and there was still some filler there, but because there are some unnecessary um, 
things that happened, but because the episode, the episode length was like 40 to 45 minutes, it didn't seem too bad. Here, the episodes were like 55 plus minutes. And so there were just some scenes I would literally sit there and be like, I literally wrote episode six, <laughs> filler. This is the music video episode. Um, let me see. I'm trying to see if I wrote filler anywhere else. But I was like, it got to the point where I was just like, writing in filler because I was just like, we don't, we don't even need this to be able to push the narrative forward. So the whole thing is they're trying to figure out who the kids are covering up that they were not all asleep, but they're trying to, we have this cop who's like very much committed to figuring out what happened with Cassie. Cause she's just like, has her own, her own like things that she's struggling with because her partner ended up committing suicide, which they never really ever get into. They just kind of give us these highlights and like keep showing us her like holding her as she's bleeding out. And I'm just like, but are we going to get, I mean, I get that could be the drive for her wanting to get to the bottom of who killed or who killed. <laughs> she should have died <laughs> falling off that roof. But who <laughs> injured uh, or who pushed Cassie? But it just never felt like it made sense or they gave us enough to justify how invested she was in the outcome of this. Because just like, clearly she went through something She's struggling, but they never like we needed a little bit more here. So there was that. Also, the other thing, because this is where I get to the teacher reference, there because these are sixteen and seventeen year olds, there was a lot of I'm just gonna say it, pedophilia going on in this show. To the point where I am just like, if y'all are not, for some reason, not going to get up in arms about the butt-ass naked teenage sex scenes, then at least can we get up in arms about the high amount of pedophileness? I know that's not a word. I just made it up. But are we not going to get up in arms about that? Because it was rampant. I literally wrote Madam Monique, whatever y'all want to call her. I literally wrote when we found out what was going on um, with Caleb and her. And I was like, this is episode four. And I was like, I wrote, I was like, okay, isn't this like considered rape, pedophilia? What is going on here? I don't care if it's a grown man and a teenage girl, which we saw. A teenage boy and a grown woman, which we saw. A teenage boy and a grown man, which we saw. All of it is considered illegal <laughs> like if they're 16 and 17 years old and they're in Chicago I'm from Chicago I'm pretty sure I mean in my mind age of consent is they can say it's the age of consent but like they're not 18 they're underage especially so. they're underage so it's all wrong and then when we get to the episode where Monique is talking to Ramon. I wrote that down. Episode seven, catch and release. And she had that moment um, with Ramon and I literally wrote down. So she's been a pedophile all her life because 
he was like, yeah, you taught me from a young age. I was just like, what the, what is going on here? What is going on here? And this is nothing new for me. I just feel like all this is just super wrong. I talked about this in Pretty Little Liars. I was a big, big, big naysayer in the whole Aria and um, Ezra relationship. I did not agree with it. I thought it was wrong. I thought it made no sense. I didn't think we should be glorifying it. And this is the case as well. We had that. We had um, what's going on between Cassie and Ramon. He's grown. She's a child. They are children here. Um, we also had what's going on with um, Chase and the guy that he meets on the app, even though when he initially meets the, the guy on the app, he lies about his age. But once he finds out how old he is, we're still going to pursue and continue doesn't make sense to me the fact that the ball the ball the ballerinas i mean that's what they are the dancers are being essentially sold to these grown-ass men in the in this restaurant and monique can sit there and be like oh this, i didn't know what's going on no she knew what was going on considering her own actions and how she's been functioning and moving in the world so it was all problematic it was just so many problematic things about this show that i'm just I don't understand why I just have not seen more uproar <laughs> about it. If anything, I want to come on here and be like, oh, did you guys not watch the same show that I watched? Because this was insane. <sighs> but anyway, so there is a main mystery here. We have to figure out who pushed uh, Cassie off the roof. Initially, the only people that made sense who could possibly have done it. Ramon, Orin, for some reason, when I first saw him, because he just comes off as super sketch, especially in the beginning, and I wrote him down in my list, and I was like, oh, you could have done it. Delia, as soon as I saw her, because as soon as they started showing that half picture, and they were like, we don't know who it is, who this mystery guy is, and then we were introduced to Ramon, and then we found out that Ramon was in Paris, and um, what's his name? Nabil and... Cassie were also in Paris. It's like, okay, he got to be on the other side of that picture. So he went on my list. And because he was dating Delia and she just seems like she's crazy, <laughs> she went on my list too. Because if she found out that he was messing around with Cassie, I could see her freaking out. So she was on my list. And then I put Bet on there, even though I felt like Bet was super obvious. So those were the people who were on my list in the beginning. Ramon, Oren, Delia, Bet. I didn't really, I took Bet off, off completely about halfway through. Um, and I also took Oren off because I was like, it just doesn't make sense for it to be him. Like, I don't even understand why it would be him. It just seems like he's just got too much drama that he's trying to hide because clearly he's confused and doesn't know what he claims he knows who's he, who he wants or like he's not into men but I feel like he's still confused and doesn't really know what he wants even the whole his whole relationship with Shane um his relationship with Bet, his relationship even with Nabea which did not make sense to me I would have preferred even though we see Nabil Nabil why do I want to call him Nabil we see Nabil end up with um what's his name or what's her name we see Nabil end up with uh, June eventually, even though it seems like that's what 
they were kind of pinning or working towards in the beginning when they all get partnered up, like, oh, they're going to end up together. But then we saw that whole, um, like, day in relationship or short, very, very short and quick relationship that he and Nevea had. And I was like, oh, I mean, I think I like them together. And then it was like, no, of course they would put her with Orin. And he's, I just feel like he's so confused and he doesn't know what he wants. He thinks he knows what he wants, but he doesn't know what he wants. Cause he wanted, he didn't want Shane, but he really wanted Bat. But then he doesn't have Bat, but he really wants the veil. Like, I just cannot, I don't have time for, for drama. So there was that. Also, cause I just saw this note going back. All these kids, so... They have all these strict rules. They can't be in each other's rooms, which clearly they are because all the sex scenes that we got, but they can just all easily go into the steam rooms all together, but ass naked. I don't know. I was just, I wrote a, <laughs> no, I was like, they just let them steam all together at the same time. I don't understand what is going on. Oh my gosh, this show was just so weird. <sighs> but anyway. Oh my gosh. What? Okay. I'm looking at all my notes. I'm like, what is this speech? Episode seven, catch and release. And I wrote, what is this speech with a bunch of question marks? So it must've been insane. It'll come to me later. But <laughs> yes. Also, this show had a narrator. The narrator was Cassie. Y'all know how I feel about narration in the show. I mean, it's fine if you want to do it in the first episode to kind of introduce and then it peters off. They did it in Outer Banks. I talked about it in Outer Banks. My feelings are narration in Outer Banks. You can go and listen to that if you have not. But she narrated this entire damn thing and to the point where I was just like, I cannot. I'm so done. And I was done by episode three because that's when I, I wrote the note. <laughs> I was done with the narration. And so I would hope if they were to get a season two, a season two oh my gosh jumping the gun what did i say season three oh, slow your roll eva if they get a season two that is something i would want them to eliminate but i feel like just based on how things ended they're going to continue on with that but there's that um as far as like the kids nevea was our main girl There were some moments, and a lot of this has to do with the acting, where it was like, you were supposed to take her seriously, but it was hard to follow because she'll be super calm, and all of a sudden she'll just be like, turn and super angry, and you're like, what the hell is going on? And it doesn't feel like the dialogue warranted that type of a response, like, how are you going to come up like that kind of a thing? Like, I was just like, girl, what is going on? I don't understand it. Um... But for the most part, it was fine because she was so new to this environment. You already know and trust that she is not involved in anything that happened with Cassie. So I feel like she comes off as a reliable, she's not a reliable narrator, but a, a reliable main character versus another show that I'm talking about this week, which oh, can't wait to talk about that one. But, um, and versus a lot of shows that we've been getting lately. So she comes off as reliable. Um, Bet she's supposed to be like your a-hole, queen bee type of a character. Not really likable. They try to make her likable and give her moments towards the end where all of a sudden they're like all 
friends again. And it was just like, she's just super manipulative, especially with June. And it was just like, I don't know. I never got to the point where I was like rooting for her. <laughs> regardless of what was going on with her. And then June, as much as I wanted to like June, she was giving me, um, oh my gosh, what was I talking about? Industry. Um, what I was talking about in industry with, oh my gosh, I try to talk about these shows. I literally forget all these people's names, but the main character, the black lead, the way that she was acting towards the end was super sporadic and like, OMG, OMG, like worrisome and, pretty much acting from a scared perspective. That's kind of what I was getting with June. And that was super frustrating. Like everything that's going on with her mom. Like I felt like there was something there. And then this makes me go back to, because this is based on a book, this the actual source material, just because I don't know how close to it they stuck with this, but are these kids, because the synopsis is like, oh, three, these three girls will do whatever it is to become like pretty much the top ballerina. But are they really like this in the book? And if so, then that means that they have to read even more irritating in the book. And I feel like this is a book that I probably would not have rated pretty high if that's the case. Because these characters that are like this, that come from books, usually tend to be worse in the book then how they translate them on screen again there's another show that i'm talking about later this week it's kind of the same thing <laughs> so um so i don't know it was just hard to root for her and even that whole scene um where it was like yes i'm glad you stood up to that old guy who tried to rape you and but then you went you told monique clearly all of a sudden she's like oh you need to sign this um nda and then she won't let you leave the room to read the nda that should have been a bunch of red flags so i don't know and again these are kids so it's like how much of it can you really be like oh it's your fault you're, you don't you don't know what you're doing but like they're supposed to be kids at the end of the day so it's things like that and then her approaching um alan about being her uh, guardian in her fight with her mom. I was like, that just seemed to come out of nowhere. It was super random. And then also clearly because Nevaeh is coming into this new environment and she's like the outsider. And so we're to know and to understand that these kids have essentially known each other for a very long time. At least they've been going to school for a very long time. So they've been in this kind of like special dance school <laughs> all their lives and have been training to become these ballerinas. And so, I don't know. It was just a lot of things that was going on, especially the fact that everyone who was responsible for June, who was an adult, was pretty much like, she sucks, she's horrible, but wouldn't be real with her and was just letting her go off and live in dreamland. Even Alan, who was like, oh, you know, we need to, she's maybe she's a late bloomer. But I'm like, if my kid is, 16, 17, I've been paying for them to go to dance school, the special dance school all their lives. And clearly they're not going to do it. Then I don't want somebody to tell me like, oh, she's a late bloomer. I don't know. I found an issue with that. And then her and Beth's relationship, which I guess you can be like, oh, it's history. Um, Cause we don't really get into a lot of like prior to what's going on now. So we don't really have a lot of 
history on these people. You're kind of like starting where we're starting. We know that there's history there, but they kind of hint at it, but they never really get into it. And so um, it was like, okay, but even her helping bet with the photo shoot thing. And I was just like, you keep saying you want to be number one. You want to be the principal, but every single time you're like sabotaging yourself because you're helping this person who is clearly being an asshole to you. I don't understand why June didn't know or realize that Bet was the one who locked them up in the roof because she kept being like, Nevaeh locked us up there, blah, blah, blah. It, but like if Nevaeh had locked y'all up on the roof, why would she not have showed up at the performance to do the performance so she can get the role back? What sense does that make? That did not make sense to me, her logic and thinking that. But oh, all of a sudden, Shane and Bet were prepared to do your routine. One plus one equals two. <laughs> like, I don't understand what was going on in her mind. Like it just did not make sense at all. And so um, also one of the things that I did like, and so the, this is why I watch a lot of these shows. And again, this is a show where one, if I had kids, I would not let them watch them at all. Even with me watching with them, like, um, what is it? 13 reasons why <laughs> if you've listened to it, then, you know, I'm like, I think you can let your kids watch it. If you watch it with them, this one is really not the case just because of the amount of sex going on in this. Or like I would have a conversation with, I honestly, I don't know what I would do, but I do think a lot of the things that I do, or one of the things I like about these teen shows, and even the ones that are like on a Netflix, because I feel like they have the freedom to go a little bit deeper, is that they talk about um, issues that we know are going on, but we might not necessarily like spend a lot of time on or devote time to in a show so everything that was going on with Oren and his body dysmorphia slash eating disorder I thought was definitely something had we cut the if we cut the intensity of the sex by like half I would for sure watch this with my kid and be like you can talk like the, these are things that go, even though it's a TV show and like you need to give them more than just a TV show to talk about some of these things. But like knowing that these are things that kids are dealing with and like having that, having the TV show be the bond to help them feel open or know that like you, they can talk to you about these situations. I don't know. I ain't got no kids, so don't try to comfort me, but that's just my thinking um, or standpoint when we talk about, do we watch this? Should I let my child watch this show? How do we approach that? Again, that's just kind of like the way that I think about it. But I thought it was interesting because he is um, a male and like the ball the ballet industry in general um, has a lot of issues around eating disorders. So I thought it was interesting that the person who dealt with the eating, the eating and body disorder in the show was from a male perspective. And you look at Orin and you're like, everyone's like, oh, you're fat. You're putting on, you're like, I can see every single one of his abs. <laughs> Where's the fat? Where? <laughs> like, 
Like, what are we looking at? Are we all looking at the same thing? Because I'm confused. If anything, the scale is going up because he's gaining muscle. <laughs> like, what is going on? But just to know, like, that that is a thing where there are people who look completely fine, but from their own perspective, they think they look a completely different way. So I thought it was, um, like, something that I appreciate that they highlighted from a different uh, perspective versus it always being like a girl who's running the bathroom throwing up or like I'm fat and all this other stuff and having all these issues around eating and things like that. And they kind of, I wish, I wish they kind of went a little step further because we, and again, I think this is where it comes into that whole, um, we know there's history there between the kids, but they don't ever really get into some of that history because you know Shane knows about the eating the eating disorder and he kind of like makes these jabs about it and then he kind of like shows um is sympathetic about it in some ways but they never really go there and so that's one thing that I wish that um they did as far as that is concerned but yeah so they're all competing they're doing the ripper which I think the fact that the the piece that Ramon wanted them to do is pretty much quintessentially how displays how problematic this show is on every level. Cause kind of like, oh, you want to highlight this this person who literally murdered people and try to make it seem like it was a woman's fault that they were getting murdered and things like that, and it just. I don't know. It was like, this is, this is just, this speaks to how problematic this, this show is. That's just like a little tiny piece of it. So I thought that was interesting. But <laughs> all that to say, we get through it. They end up being where, also the fact that we're trying to make bet like this. I don't know. The only thing I can think of is like a Cheryl or a, um, Oh my gosh, what's her name? Why don't I want to say Mona or a Mona? Like I'm thinking of like the Queen Bee uh, teen teen girls from all these teen shows. Like we were trying to make her that, but I felt like, I don't know. I just felt like everything was so choppy and we were adding all these things that we didn't really necessarily need. And so it was overshadowing us being able to kind of like dig a little deeper and go a little deeper. So like those moments where we're talking about the eating disorder or like really dissecting what is going on between June and um, Bet or even Bet and her mom. Like it was like all these things that are like there, but not really there. And even can we talk about, I, I don't, I can't, I'm because <laughs> I would have to look for what the secretary, Monique's secretary's name was, but the fact that it was just so many people who were complacent and compliant in the amount of illegality <laughs> that was going on. The fact that when Caleb came up in the room and she was like, door open or door closed, what? I don't understand. And you're still gonna help? And even Caleb at the end when they finally like do their last performance and then they expose Monique and essentially is like, you're done, pack your, pack your ish and go. And 
Caleb helped in that, but then he comes in. And I was so confused by this scene because you had Alan, you had um, Alan's husband, who was the dance teacher, which I can't remember his name. At the, Was it Topher? I think it was Topher. You had Topher, because they had their little moment where they were like, oh, we're going to take where Alan was like, we need to run the school because essentially like they have more morals. And Topher's like, oh, I don't know about that. But then Topher came around and was like, oh, we need to run the school. And so it looks like they're giving Monique shit at the end after she's all exposed and she's packing up her office. And then um, Caleb comes in and he's like, oh, we're going to, we're going to prove them wrong. You're going to, essentially you're going to get your spot back. And it's like, it seems like Topher and Alan's like, oh yeah, we're going to get your, you're going to get your spot back. I'm like, what the, what is going on? Like that whole scene did not really make sense if they were trying to take over from her. So I was confused there. Cassie, horrible person. I think they were trying to be like, no, you thought that was a queen bee. Cassie is a true queen bee of this whole thing, which essentially, I mean, I guess she is, but it was just like, she's essentially been the girl in the coma this entire time. And then she wakes up and is we don't really, they don't really explain or give us good enough reason for her motive behind not exposing that Delia is the one who pushed her, claiming that it was Bet and letting Bet take the fall for it. But when Bet had a confrontation with her and was like, you lost and she was and Cassie was like, no, actually I won. I was like, but what did you win? I, I don't understand that. And then um, we ended with another murder, which just happens to be Ramon because he is a shit person. I mean, all these adults are pretty horrible, but <laughs> he's a shit person and someone stabbed him to death and he's bleeding out in the middle of the studio and Bet, uh, Nevaeh and June are standing around him and we're like, so that's, that's essentially what season two would be is who I'm assuming killed. Cause if he is not dead, <laughs> there's going to be a problem. Like, I don't understand how he would not be dead, but we're going to say killed for now. So we're the next message is like who killed, or we'll just say who stabbed Ramon and the police officer and the house mom walk in on them off the bat so let's just get into season two because honestly i really don't have anything else to say <laughs> i mean i was looking at my notes and i could go there but like i just feel like i wrote pedophile naked filler like so many times <laughs> as a note that we're just gonna move on so let's talk about a possible season two this has not been renewed yet um and it's on netflix so who knows when we will get a renewal i felt i was under i don't know for some reason i thought we would be getting some of these renewal um announcements sooner or quicker but we didn't get outer banks until the fall and outer banks came out in like april march or april is literally the beginning of when the pandemic started so they've been taking their sweet time even for um Oh my gosh, Umbrella Academy. I was like, oh, we should get an announcement in like a couple of weeks. And that took months to tell us that they were going to renew. So who knows what's going to happen? Um, I think that if they renew this, then they need to reconsider um, the society because this is in the same boat as the society, whereas the society was renewed, the pandemic hit, 
And they were just like, well, it's canceled. We're not even going to try to attempt. And one of the main things is that because it has such a big cast, it would be, it's already costs are going up trying to film during the pandemic. But then you have this large cast of people that your costs are going to go up even more. So if they were to renew this, I mean, even though you can be like, oh, we're headed towards the end of it. Like we have the vaccine, whatever. But even still, if that's the case, and then you bring back the society, because I would prefer to see a second season of the society <laughs> over a second season of Tiny Pretty Things, if I'm being 100% honest here. Uh, because honestly, I don't care who killed Ramon. I, I don't want to be like, oh, they were justified, but I feel like he screwed so many people over that there was just enough literally anyone could have stabbed him. I don't think it's any one of the girls since they were all in the room. I think one person that comes top to mind for a lot of people is like Nabil, but even then I'm like, I just can't see it being Nabil. It could have possibly been Delia. It could have been, it literally could have been anyone. We don't really have a clear timeline of what happened post the dance leading up to the reveal that he had been stabbed because everything's kind of all over the place. And then it's just like, oh, Ramon's dead so there's no clear timeline do I really care who stopped him no do we do I want a second season not really if we were to do a second season I would say we need to shorten it I don't think this show if we're going to keep it the, the episodes the same length then I think we can shave off like three episodes at least <laughs> for the season and like make it seven if they want they could push it and make it eight but if we're not going to do that, then I think we need to shorten the actual episodes because it was just, it was a lot going on and a lot of it that went on this season just did not add anything to the overall story. And there is no reason a 10 episode teen show should have so much extra stuff happening because I'm thinking of like a Riverdale, which has 20 plus episodes a season, which is like literally two thirds of the show is trash and doesn't really need to be, <laughs> as no value to anything that's going on in the actual, like the actual season mystery. But we're talking about a, a 10 episode show, a 10 episode season, like there's no reason a good chunk of it should not be relevant. So there's that. Um, so that's one thing that they can go into as far as when we talk about what would we do in a second season? Another thing that they that's left open is like what's going on with Monique and the parents who's going to take over the school. We know that um, Monique was pretty much like after this performance, the performance of the Ripper, Nevaeh is done and she's kicked out. But that doesn't really make sense to kick her out since, I mean, they could kick her out, but I'm assuming the show revolves around the main three and especially since she is standing there looking at um Ramon's bleeding body that she is like a main main so I'm assuming like the three main girls June, Bet, and Nevea are going to be sticking around for a while and we could possibly see some of those some of the other kids leave who I'm not sure maybe possibly Nabil but I feel like he would be a heavy suspect um going into this going into a possible second season um I'm trying to think who else Oren I mean I don't know I don't know can you guys tell I'm just really not that convinced about a second season? Because I'm really not. I'm just like, if we got a second season, would I watch it? Honestly, it depends on what's going on in the world. <laughs> to be completely honest, because had we not been in a pandemic, I most likely would have watched the show. 
But in watching this first season, I think it will take, it, I would need to see a really dope trailer and I'm gonna need them getting back to my whole acting thing that I was speaking to in the beginning. And I'm gonna need it to seem like while we were on this break, people went and did some acting lessons or something to be a little bit more convincing. Cause I mean, there are shows where it's like the acting is just like, it's pretty plain, it's levels, whatever. But I at least want to see that we took the time to be like, yeah, we know we weren't that great season one, but we coming back strong season two kind of a thing. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm just really not that heavily convinced. I'm not more convinced for season two of Tiny Pretty Things than over a over the society. So if we want to renew anything, renew the society because I am still super upset and <laughs> disappointed that we are not getting the promised second season that we were supposed to get for the society because as crazy as that show was, I actually enjoyed watching it and I wanted to see what they would do in the second season. So that's not what we're talking about. So yeah, tiny pretty things. It was weird. Definitely very, in my opinion, controversial. I'm surprised at the lack, the lack of controversy that I've seen so far, but maybe as, cause even looking at the numbers, some of the numbers in the ratings, they, they're pretty low as far as like the amount of people rating. So I think this is going to be one of those things that has a slow pickup, kind of like an Outer Banks or um, even the Hardy Boys, I feel like it's starting to pick up a little bit. I don't know why these shows are, and it's also the holidays. So maybe I feel like people aren't really, are more so on the holiday watching spirit where we're watching like holiday movies and things like that versus these types of shows which you guys know this is what i watch all year <laughs> like we're gonna watch it so we'll see if it picks up and then we start to see more controversy about it um i remember just expecting everything to have that immediate like controversial blanket like 13 reasons why i had because that one was like out the gate controversy whereas some of these shows are just so delayed even um outer banks that was like a slow pickup and all of a sudden it was this big thing and everyone was watching it. So I don't know. We'll see. But that's all I have to say really about Tiny Pretty Things. Uh, I am not actually not surprised I talked this long about it because I knew a big chunk of this would be, be me talking about how problematic <laughs> this show is. So yeah, I want to know what you guys thought about um, Tiny Pretty Things do you think we need a season two? Do you agree that this was a problematic show? Let me know and I'll talk to you guys in the next episode. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking through it to the end. Be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at Currently Busy on Instagram and at Currently on Twitter. Also, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on and I'll talk to you in the next one.